Support Black Podcast. Slip on a red shirt and beam aboard the USS Internet for all things Trek. The Red Shirts Podcast, available on redshirtspodcast.lipson.com, where three cool guys aren't afraid to don the dreaded Star Trek red and let it all hang out. Join Craig, Q Storm, and Big Sexy for anything and everything involving the world of Star Trek. Check them out on iTunes. Check them out on Stitcher Radio. Check them out where you find podcasts. The Red Shirt Podcast. Remember, support Black Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on G-Town Radio. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing our month-long tribute to Afrofuturism and Blacks and Sci-Fi with 2004's I, Robot, starring Will Smith and Bridget Moynihan and Bruce Greenwood. Yes. Um, This is the selection of Vincent Williams and will be our featured review tonight on... And James Cromwell adding more class to this film than it deserves. Ah, yes. Uh-oh. Uh, yes, Spoiler. that is that is true. That is true. That perhaps it is telling that in his three scenes, he is either <laughs> dead right. or flat, two-dimensional. Right. But it makes you feel like you're watching an important piece of science fiction cinema when he's on the screen. <laughs> but no, <laughs> it's iRobot. But before we get into that, before we get into all that, as always, we like to touch base with all of the feedback that we've gotten from each and every one of you that emails us at Mission at gmail.com, likes and follows us on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook at Mission or or, or one of our Michelle Missionaries inside the Michelle Mission Facebook group. I myself would like to start off with an apology to you, Vince, as well as to the listeners of the show. About what? What Well, as I am one to do. Were you running a Ponzi scam? No. I. Did you put raisins in a potato salad? Hell no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, hell no. Um. I listened back to our episode from last week. Okay. Where uh, before we reviewed Attack the Block, that was a pretty, pretty uh, unmerciless, um, unmerciful, or whatever the word is. I went in on Tyler Perry's acrimony. <laughs> yes, you did. And it was glorious. Well, 
glorious though it may be, I in listening back to it, I felt one that I shouldn't have done it to the extent that I did because I did truly ruin the hell out of the movie. I spoiled the movie. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> I left that movie out in the sun for a month. I mean, That's how much I spoiled. I mean, was that it movie. Bruce Willis is a ghost level spoiling? Perhaps not, but I told the entire plot of the film. So in that degree, yes, it is. Okay. Right. Um, and I don't think that that necessarily was fair. Uh, and also, while I do stand by my criticism of the film, yes, I think the way that I framed it and the um, the uh, the um, the emotions that I displayed were not the most constructive. Um, <laughs> ways of criticizing a film and it's something that we try to do here on, on on this mission and um i don't i don't i don't think i came off well because of that and so i wanted to apologize okay okay i don't know i'll for for, for the missionaries i guess i'll accept your apology although i'm probably not the one to do that because I'm sitting here like like my was over here like the emperor. Yes, <laughs> yes. Let the hatred flow through you. You certainly egging me on. Yes, <laughs> yes, you were. I will say that. I always say like if I was a Jedi, I would be corrupted immediately. <laughs> like a me like driving to Jedi school with these non-driving bastards i would get corrupted immediately so but all right that's fair also going back to our review of love and basketball with tech life steph yes if you'll remember that she was telling us about her brother. Yeah, oh yeah. Wayman Humphrey. Yes. At the Mad Penciler yes. on Twitter. Who when listening to our our show uh mentioned uh, and you know when we started talking on the show we started talking about um Crush Groove. Yes. Body moving. Yes. Apparently a Humphrey favorite. Yes, apparently the the story of their life. Well, he responded to a part of what we were talking about on Twitter and saying that Curtis Blow was telling them, the fat boys, that he was able to get them on stage to perform because New Edition hadn't shown up. And Donnie Simpson delivered that message and they was like, word, Kurt? Which is where the... <laughs> right, 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 right. The origin of word, Kurt, came in their life. Okay. That they use... Um, profusely, and they said that we do not get to use it. Their own mama doesn't use it. Okay. So we can't use it. Word Kurt? Yeah, we can't use Word Kurt. No, I was actually answering. You see what I did there? I'm you poking, used it. I'm poking, poking. I'm poking the bear. Ooh. I'm poking the bear. Ooh. See, I don't know. See, I've seen Wayman's, <laughs> the Mad Pencilers. I've seen a lot of his art, and he's really dope. He's really, really dope. Word Kurt? <laughs> Vince? <laughs> That's, right, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't. I don't think you want this man doing a caricature of you, dude. No, no, no. Okay. I don't think you want that. Fair enough. I'm telling you. Fair enough. Duly noted. He will meme the hell out of you, bro. Hey, duly noted. <laughs> All right. So, 
pump your brakes on that, bro. <laughs> For real. Um, let's see. Just staying here on Twitter. George Carmona. Hey, George. Said that folks that only listen on Saturdays are missing a lot. Great show, fellas. Thank this you. And next time that you cats are in NYC, we got to hang. Which actually yeah, is a way of to, us to getting into it that on the third week in June, third weekend. I mean, is this is this settled? Is this concrete? Is this, like last time we talked about it, we were talking about it. Yes. And you said that was a good weekend for you. Right. And then you said, all right, well, let me check into it. Well, it's fine with me. Okay. So right. we're doing it. All right. It's- the third weekend in June. Look, look sometimes you got to put it out there and make the it so. Before we make announcements off the mic. Yeah, sometimes you got to put it out there to make it so. You don't on the mic in this Mickey Ficky? Yes, I am. All right. So. Yes. The third weekend in June, the Michelle Mission will be traveling once again to New York City. And we are looking to actually record a number of shows while we're up there. Yes. So we're going to be up there. We're going to be up there, and we're hopefully we'll see if we can't get with uh, Karama Horn, aka the Blurred Girl. Yes. Um, perhaps we will try and once again sit down with the Mystics. Um, and George. They are elusive. They they are very elusive. You know they're jet setting all here, all, there, here, there, and everywhere. But maybe we can sit down with them. Um, but George, George Kimona, who, uh, who is a very notable um, writer and reporter in the geekosphere. Okay. Um, I would love to sit down and do a review with him. All right. As well. So, George, if you're listening, third weekend in June, keep it open, as well as you, Dan Dinkins, because if I don't say Dan Dinkins, he'll be like, I'm coming anyway. Yes. So I might as well just put it out there that we will definitely save room to do a show with Dan and anyone else that wants to hit us up. We'll try and try and line this up and, and try to, to structure this so that we can get a number of shows under our belt. It'll be our New York City uh, block of shows. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll knock it out and we'll get a month ahead of time and then we can take some time off. That's right. That's the plan, baby. That's right. I know what I'm doing. Um so, yeah, so there you go, George. All right. Uh, also, let's see. What else? We got, I mean, because, um, you know, there was a whole lot of acrimony being flown last week. And yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. And because of that, we didn't get to a whole lot of our feedback from people. So I apologize. So we're going to make up for that tonight. All right. All right. So we got Markham Lee. Hey, Markham. Yeah, 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 Markham. Who had more random thoughts after listening to a few more episodes of the show. Okay. All right. Number one. I can't watch Fences because of that speech Denzel gave liking your black ASS men of a certain age from the New York City area have a certain affect. And it's like watching a mean version of one of my uncles or my stepdad. Mind you, my stepdad is a nerdy English teacher and it's nothing like that character, which makes watching it worse. Yeah. Okay. Number two. He contends, Markham contends, that Confessions of a Marriage Counselor is not a black movie. Oh. Because it's the same message as those Surrender to Your Husband books marketed to white evangelicals. Mm. Either way, all copies should be burned. Oh. Um, I've never seen it, but everything I've heard makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, you just killed your argument right there. 
Number three, KRS One is just a YouTube hotep oh. that can rap. Oh my goodness! I gracious. think his defense. Oh, that is terrible. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Mark. Wait, wait a minute. He, 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 he's not finished lighting your fuse. Uh, I think his defense of Africa Bambada after the scores of sexual abuse yeah. allegations just cements it. Yeah. Also, by attacking PM Dawn, he lost the argument. A teacher would have had a response to a teacher of what, but he just started some ignorant BS. Me thinks someone pointing out his empty rhetoric touched a nerve. Oh. Also, he's a punk bully because oh. he figured PM was soft and he could he win did. that fight. I mean, he started a fight with a guy who had a lot of health problems and didn't move very well. <laughs> Nearly anyone else in hip-hop and he doesn't start that fight. <laughs> True enough. Yay. You know, that's Yay. a good point. That's, that's a look. very good point right there. Look. That's a very good point. He ain't stepped a heavy D. No, 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 no. What a legacy. One of your most famous beefs was attacking a guy who would later have a leg amputated and then die of <laughs> renal failure. <laughs> For the record, Karis one is not the hill that I'm going to die on. Really? I no. thought you, I thought No, 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 no. I I I like Karis one. I like the teacher, but you know, I'm only going to fight so much. And 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 like Markham, the the Africa Bambata response really soured me. For some people that do not know, know the full the full story about that. What was that all that about? There there are I, I think for legal purposes we should say allegations. Right. That Africa Bambata sexually molested at least one person mm-hmm. back in the, I believe the eighties. Right. And, and I think the whisper whisper, like I never heard it. I never heard that, you know, I was never in those circles, but I think what has been fascinating to me is that after the allegations became public, mm-hmm. no one in that sort of New York hip hop world from that time, seem that surprised. Okay. Which I thought was was sobering. Right. And and Karis one basically said that, you know, of course it's it's the obligatory I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. But then he went further on to say that even if it was true, Africa Bambada should get a pass because he's too important to the culture of hip hop. Which is a lot to say. Yeah, I so. mean, you, I was actually, it was interesting, I was reading a story, um, I guess in an op-ed piece, more or less, that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote recently okay. about his friendship with Bill Cosby oh, and having Lord. to reconcile that with everything that's, you know, been come out yeah, about yeah, him yeah. and, you know, him having a hard time reconciling with it because he you know this is his friend Mm -hmm. and at one time someone that was a mentor to him right um yet you know these allegations you cannot you know turn a blind eye to them and ultimately as sorrowful as it is and as much as he still wants to say that bill is his friend right he has to admit that like you know who among us doesn't have a friend that you know you know is a, sometimes about 
some bad stuff? I mean, that's always the question. Like, that's always the question. It's it's how far, what is your responsibility right, to your friend, to your relatives that commit heinous acts? Like, do you acknowledge, on the one hand, you, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of public shunning. Like I'm a fan of shunning and shame. Really? I am. I know I know you shouldn't be. I know it's 2018, but I feel like shame is very useful. Okay. And I think part of the problem, you, you know, if I can just be old man real quick, part of the problem with America <laughs> and then, you know, in, in us, like like shame has been taken off the table. Gotcha. Like like we can't say that there's some things that you shouldn't do. Because you should be ashamed of yourself and what that represents to you, your family, your people. Like you and I are old enough that, you know, kind of old school parents like, you, you know, my parents very much said when you go out into the world, you represent this family. Yeah. And you represent the because, you know, integrated kid like you represent the race. Right. And that is that is a value system that I think you have to be careful with for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think there's a use for it as well. And I say all that to say, on the one hand, I think, you know, some people should be shunned. Right. On the other hand, and I know this this is a weird thing to pull in, but I think it's, it's relevant. You, you know, there was that story on 60 Minutes the weekend before this was was taped about the lynching museum. Mm-hmm. And the thing about lynching, you know, many of us when we think about lynching, if you don't know anything, you think it's you know some dudes and some in some hoods, and it's the middle of the night, and they drag a dude out of bed. But a lot of lynchings were public events, right? And the museum has all of these pictures and all of this, you know, literature where you know they'd hand out flyers and say, you know, today there's gonna be a lynching. And I think that's useful as well because we need to know that the monster is right next to us. You know, so on on the other hand, I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar should still say, you know, this is Bill Cosby. This is my friend. And my friend has committed monstrous acts. Because that's who commits monstrous acts. That's who molests children. That's who lynches people. That's who murders people. It's not some dude in an alley right it's your friend it is your brothers it is your sisters it is you know the people right around us so africa bambata and and you you know i i think what bothered me about karis one was his saying that these young men were disposable like hip-hop was more important than these young men yeah, which is is you know I I'm, I love art as much as anybody, but art is never more important than people. So, Sabria Hafiz, hey Sabria, wrote that I haven't watched uh, in response to Markham's post. Said I haven't watched the Tyler Perry movie in quite a while, and I feel I don't have to either. I just listened to the reviews on Michelle Mission, <laughs> and I'm set. The biggest chuckles of my life have come from those reviews. <laughs> I'm glad. While Robert Monroe wrote in res- in regards to the whole KRS-One thing, when I was in college, KRS-One was scheduled to perform. <laughs> the Negro got on stage an hour, an hour and a half late, caught an attitude because some people were vocally upset, and then had the audacity to only perform for about a half an hour. <laughs> Therefore, that Negro can kiss my black butt two times. Oh, Lord. All right. No moss. No moss. With... 
with KRS. Robert Monroe also says, I don't watch Tyler Perry movies. Intelligent black men don't oh play my. with their blood pressure. Oh, Lord. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's good advice right there. That's good advice. That's good advice. You uh, watch that blood pressure. Yeah, you do. Got to. Got to. Mo Pop. Hit us up. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm a man of a certain age. What's up, Maurice? But it seems a little shady that black euphemisms become the titles of films with few, if any, black people. This week, it's cock blockers. Yeah. A few years ago, it was super bad. Old school. Who's your daddy? Am I tripping? Can y'all think of any? Um, and Christopher Goodnight uh, mentioned that I'll give you all of them except blockers because the name of the movie is not it's not cock blockers it's, right 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 it's, it's blockers jacqueline mcgee smith said it's a lot shady but it's our fault for ne- never owning our creations we should all know by now that they love everything about us except our actual physical beings and robert monroe who chimes in on everything says i'm waiting for baby mama starring emma stone and ryan gosling wasn't there a movie called baby mama with uh, tina fey I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't. Yeah. Uh, yes, there was. Yeah. This, because then... Mar- it's actually a pretty Mar- good movie. Robert Monroe said, darn it, they beat me to it. <laughs> I was about to say. Then how about my white baby mama, starring my, Emma my, Stone and Michael B. Jordan? My white baby mama. <laughs> Wait a minute. I just want to see the scene where Emma Stone's mother asks her what she was thinking, and she replies, I don't know, Mom. I guess what they say is true. Once you go black, you can't go back. Oh, Lord. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. What you going to do? I was at a, um, like an arts and crafts little market this weekend. And uh, um, I think the technical term for it is a very white <laughs> neighborhood. <laughs> like we were in Chestnut Hill. We had walked to Chestnut Hill. And, you know, it's pretty white pretty much pretty white yes. and they, you know as people you, you know lots lots of um refurbished wood mm-hmm. you know lots of refurbished wood mm-hmm. lots of you know people doing arts and crafts yes you know some screen printing yes a lot of screen printing mm-hmm. you know but there was a, a, a there were a couple of vendors there that had incorporated the word john oh in their stuff oh yeah man you know it was like these wooden um wouldn't you, you know like 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 coasters that had mm-hmm. John written on mm-hmm. it and you know a little calligraphy and this the John and that made me feel some kind of way. Well, here's the thing, John is 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 that a Philly thing or is that a black? I mean, I'm not from Philly. See, that's the thing. Is that a Philly thing or is that a black Philly thing? It is so hardcore Philly that it is 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 definitively Philly. Okay. Is it a Philly black thing? Yes. I don't know because at this moment in time, I hear so many people saying it that I can't necessarily say that I don't remember whether or not they always say it. We all know I moved to Philly. Mm -hmm. I will say since I moved to Philly, the only time I've heard white people, white people start saying it once the roots were on the Tonight Show. Really? Wow. I noticed I just assume it was a black Philly thing. It's like bull, like that bull. Bull is definitely a black bull Philly thing. Bull and John was always black people. You know, it may be a black Philly thing. And if that's the case, then you're right. Now, let me say this. I don't know any working class white people. 
Mm-hmm. Like all the white people I know are like through my job and stuff. Yeah, it ain't working. Or much. like you know through no. <laughs> through like Philly Cam or no. like artsy or academics yeah. are the only white people I know. Yeah, I know black people from across the spectrum. Yes, and so do you. So do do your white friends say John? No, not well. Now they do. Now they do. <laughs> now they do. And but it pisses you off. Uh, it doesn't piss me off, but it does make me go like. It don't sound right coming from your mouth. It just doesn't sound right. I mean, I don't say it. It doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. Like, it's hard for me to say John. And I can't say bull at all. Like, no, say, like that bull. Yeah. Like, like, the way, like, like, the way, like, like. It don't flow off. I of actually envy that. Like, that, the young bull. And I, I'm like, is it bull? See, no. It's is not it bull? bull. It's not bull. It's young bull. Yeah, right. Young I can't bull. do it. You can't do it? I can't. Young I, bull. Say young bull. Young bull. Because I thought it was boy, like the young boy. Nah, 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 nah. It's young bull. Young bull. Young bull. See, I envy that. <laughs> now, Baltimore, whore is our thing. That whore. <laughs> whore? That whore over there. <laughs> you guys just straight call them whores? It's a pronoun, now. What do you mean it's a pronoun? It's a pronoun. It, it, the funny thing is, I very rarely heard someone in Baltimore refer to a woman as a whore. So what are you saying? When it's you say always that? a dude, you know, that whore, you know, usually ass, as I guess, I don't know if that would be an adverb or not, like that whore ass, fill in the blank. Wait a minute, so there. when you're saying whore you're in Baltimore, you're referring to a guy? Yes. How? Like, what, so like where 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 does that come from? Like, because young boy is, is obviously boy. Bull. I don't know. So where does whore come from? I have no idea. I have no idea. You never, you didn't... I mean, it's not one to one because bull is is more of a you know just just a person. Okay, true. And where whore, yeah, but bull is usually always a dude, right? But and whore has a value judgment. Whore, whore. So what are you saying? Like it's a dude, and it's oftentimes a dude who has done something wrong. So, I went and got this food, and you know that whore ass. So he's an illegal whore dude. Ass, such and such didn't give me the money for the food. Wow. Or we were out and you know his whore ass ran out of gas. It sounds like whore is always always precedes Sometimes you say this whore. This whore over here. And you're talking about a guy. Dude. You're not talking about a woman. I don't all. know if like I'm sitting here thinking I don't know if I've ever heard a dude from Baltimore refer to a woman as a whore. That's interesting. It's always another dude. Is this is just, this, it might be the equivalent would be bitch. Like when men call other men bitches. You realize first of all, <laughs> no one's going to hear this because it's going to be nothing but bleeps. <laughs> I mean, is it? I mean, I think Well, first I of all, you've just said ass about 12 times. Okay. Now you've thrown out bitch. I don't know why you can't say ass. We talked about this. You can say ass on the FCC station. You can say the word ass. I don't know if you can say whore ass. And you've been saying whore ass. And that's what it, yeah, right. So I don't know if you can say that. So you know, I can't say bull though. Like, I don't know, I can't do bull. But you can say whore ass. Oh yeah, that I can do. I've been doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I I have uttered my displeasure with another man with those words since I was about 10. (laughs) <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. 
It's very, very, very interesting. All right, we got a um, <laughs> got a post from uh, uh, Christopher Goodnight. A question. Hey, Chris. It's kind of comic book related events. All right. I've read a few comics. FX. Yes. Has ordered yeah. a pilot for Why the Last Man, the Brian K. Vaughn um, comic book series about the about the last yeah. man on Earth. Literally like the last man because all the women yeah. and female species. It's actually a good comic. Did you uh, read it? I have it. I have, yeah. I have them all. It's the only Brian K. Vaughn thing that I think he sticks the landing. Th- that c- comic book famously has a black one of one of the main characters of yes. that is a black agent agent 355 355 so he asked us who do we think should play agent 355 now you had mentioned I said T- Tika Sumpner Tika Sumpter who is in Tyler Perry movies I Yeah 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 she's in that stuff but I thought she'd be really good I I'm, I'm not familiar with her you know who she is. She is in uh, what was she? Did you see the 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 Barack Obama movie from a few years ago about Barack and Michelle's first date? No, I didn't. I didn't want to see that. She played Michelle. Okay, seeing her face, I can yeah. see that. Duante Belling Bettingfield. There's a name. Duante Bettingfield. That's a name. She tries so hard to break through to better, and yet after all the critical love, neither audiences nor award panels were there for the absolutely wonderful South Side with you. Oh, yeah, right, right, South Side with you, yeah. It was a tremendous achievement, and it was largely ignored. Oh. We were literally the only two people in the theater when we saw it. Oh, that's too bad. That is indeed a shame. Uh, So I don't know if I would cast her only because I just don't know her. Right. And at least looking at this picture of her, I, I, don't, I don't know if I see her as Agent 350, uh, 355. Um, Who do you see? Oh, man. It's, it'll be so easy to just cast either Lapita Nwango or Janelle Monet and everything. No, no, no. I mean somebody they could actually reasonably get. Oh, that's right, because it's going to be a TV series. Yes. I forgot about that. On FX, not on HBO. True, but FX gets some names. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember, FX got a uh, Glenn Close for dam- damages. Yeah, you know they get names. I can see as Agent Three Fifty Five on an FX series, so you wouldn't necessarily have to be the lead. Oh yeah, Three Fifty Five isn't the lead at all. No, she's not the lead, but she definitely is a yeah big part of the story uh, once she comes in. Um, that's a good question. <sighs> See here, you know who they're going to get. I don't because I got a funny feeling they probably got like some options on her or something like that. Megan Good. I think Megan Good would be a nice choice. I actually think Journey Smollett would be a better choice. Yeah, here's the thing. Even though she hasn't, well, neither of them done great work lately. I'm gonna go ahead and stick my hand in this hornet's nest. Journey Smollett isn't brown enough. True, that's true. Only because, and and we say that, ladies and gentlemen, because if you've read the book, right, right, three fifty five is decidedly is, is, brown, is, is, right, a dark yeah, brown she's a, woman, she's a darker brown woman. So and, that, and that's fair. And I'm at the end of my rope, along with everybody else. Like, 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 brown sisters just don't get hired for stuff, even yeah. stuff that should be them. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's fair. And that's very much a hornet's nest because mm-hmm. you notice what I didn't say. 
is that Journey Smollett is not talented enough. You didn't say that. Because she's very much talented enough to play it, but... There are certain names that come to my head, but like you said, I don't think they will be able to get them or they may be a little too old for the role. Right, right. So I, I shouldn't say a Nika Noni. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That should, of course, be played by a Nika Noni Rose. As should everybody. As our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> No, uh, so I don't see a Nika Noni Rose. Here is an interesting um, choice for that film, though. Uh, how about Kiki Palmer? Kiki Palmer's another nice choice. I think she might be cool. Yeah, cool. Kiki Palmer. I, I would think be you a could good... get her. Yeah, and I think that would be a, a nice change of pace for her. Yeah, you know, because it's it, it, because three fifty five is like a um, it's like a secret agent. Right, right, she'll right. She'll be called on to do some action. I was about to say. Yeah. But but definitely still gets emotional. I like that. I, I think I, I I think I would cape up for Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer is actually a really good choice. It wouldn't surprise me if they went with her. Yeah. And then we'll look at Lynn and call you Lynn Stradamus. Lynn Stradamus. Um, Christopher Goodnight also. All right. Said Vince. Yes. Can I tell you? Yes. I love your voice. Oh, thank you. I don't always listen to the show because most of the time I haven't seen the movie. But when I do, I love hearing you talk. Well, thank you. And Len as well, but I hear him on podcasts. <laughs> well, thank you. I Here's me on all the other podcasts. I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, they, 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 you know, you have your fans. But you, you know. Oh, for God's sake, here you go. You know you have your fans. Yes, yes, yes. You know? You know that. All right, and uh, one last, last post, because like I said, we were backed up a little bit. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, that, that's why we're we're going here. It's Steve Tozen. What's up, Steve? Six million dollar triple. He had to get in on some of this Tyler Perry talk. <laughs> And he wonders sometimes what is really responsible for the yeah, we visceral actually, response yeah. black folks have when it comes to Tyler Perry. We had a good conversation. A lot of us are movie, a lot of us are movie watchers, but don't have as strong a response for directors like Yui Bull or Joel Schumacher, who yeah. have not only made really bad movies but have done so with beloved video game and comic book characters. Is it strictly because he's a black director? Mm. Is it because we believe he's representing our culture poorly? Mm. Is it because we believe others see this as a representation of our culture? Is it because there are so few black directors and creators of major films? I ask these questions because in one of the best episodes of the Michelle Mission, where they review Tyler Perry's Temptation, a film by Tyler Perry. Vince let it be known that he hasn't a problem with Perry, just his art. And it made me think, could we have had a director like Spike Lee first without the black exploitation era? Could we have had Ryan Coogler without Tyler Perry? Can we, as black people, only have good art? Yeah, and we talked about that a lot. I'm not going to rehash everything that we talked about. I will, I will add this about critiques of Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone critiques Tyler Perry and says he is representing us badly to the outside world. Like I've, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say that Tyler Perry makes us look bad to the outside world, which, to my mind, is kind of a kind of a backhanded compliment to Perry because I think one thing that we all agree on is that Tyler Perry makes work 
for black people. Right. So it so it and his look- audience is primarily, if not, you know, I know he likes to every now and then he talks about this cross cultural audience that he has and this that and the other. But I think we all know his bread butter salad entree and dessert is black people. Yes. Yes. So that's all I'll add right now. Like I said, we talked about it a lot. So yeah, which is why you should join the Facebook group. I yes, you should join the Facebook group. I thought you were telling me. I was like, I'm in there. <laughs> I still get it get to comment as much as often as you do. But I'm in there. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I, I kind of sit on the same side of the fence as you. I don't have a problem with the man himself. I'm not going to knock the man's. No, well, I can't say that. Um, because I do sincerely think there's something inside him that is against black women. No, 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 no. I disagree with like 90% of everything that he believes. Like I I completely disagree. But I think he says what he says and believes what he believes in good faith. Okay. You know what I mean? Like like again, I don't, I don't like he and he I, doesn't have malicious intent. He doesn't have malicious intent. I don't think he is sort of drowning in self-hatred. Okay. Like a lot of you know, it's sort of like 90% of the black conservatives that I know. Okay. That, you know, if you, you kind of pull at it long enough, they don't like black people and they're uncomfortable with themselves and this, that and the other. And then, you know, it's like 10 percent where it's like they honestly believe this stuff. Do you, is he a black conservative? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying I'm oh. talking about like self-loathing black people okay. that I know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Tyler Perry is self-loathing. No, me neither. Or 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 against black. Like, I don't think he hates black people. I don't think he. So. You know, that's all I really ask. Cool enough. Have you seen the um, advertisements on... You have HBO, right? I do. Have you seen the advertisements for Fahrenheit 45? Oh, my. Yeah, yes. Yes, I have. What's your thoughts? I'm super excited. It's one. It's, it's funny. We're doing... Uh, um, Sorry, Michael B. Jordan. We're, we're doing a movie based on classic science fiction. It's one of my favorite books. Like, it's one of those... It's, it's one of those... That, that group of books when I was like 12... That made me love science fiction. Mm-hmm. So like I love Ray Bradbury. I love the story. I love Michael B. Jordan. I love Michael Shannon. Like it looks like HBO spent some real money on it. Yeah. I think Candy Alexander is in it. Mm, that sounds good. So, you know, I'm I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, it does look pretty, pretty dope. I'm looking forward to uh, checking that out. And see, and there's a guy right there. Um Michael B. Jordan, very selective, very smart about his choices. Oh man, that he's doing. He's he's doing. He's he's, you know, he's picking wisely and yes, well. Yes, he is. With yes, his he career is. Thus far, um, so uh, big ups to him. Looking forward to that. Okay, well, that's our feedback. All right. You know, there's probably a little bit more. But I was about to say. I mean, the the, the, the Facebook group is popping. It is popping. Like we actually don't have enough time now. Yeah, to go in on going and everything, but yeah. But join us, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Because um, that's where you have a good time and you can hear Vince's dulcet tones. On Not the on the Facebook group. That'd be weird. No, you can't. But and uh, Hello. This is Vincent on Facebook answering you. <laughs> like. Also, I, I do want to say, uh, real quick, 
our Facebook Live video mm-hmm. when we reviewed Black Panther. Yes. It's still out there. Awesome. And uh, Mark Turner. Hey, what's up, Mark? He left us a, a note on there saying that this is one of the most insightful reviews of the Black Panther movie around. Nice work, brothers. Thank you. And Carrie Fonvel said, I just listened to this on podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed your breakdown of Black Panther and Thank you, will Carrie. be seeing it a fourth time. All right. So it's, You want to know my secret shame? You want to hear my secret shame? What? I still have not made it the third time. Why is that a shame? Because I feel like third time, like three times, is sort of the industry standard. No, it's not. How many times have you seen it? I saw it twice. Really? Yeah. Oh, I feel like we're supposed to see it three times. I'm trying to get back a third time. I know. I'm good. Yeah, just logistically, you know. I don't need to see it a third time. All right. I I don't. I want to see it one more time. I I criminally. I want to see it one more time in the theaters. I criminally have not seen. a wrinkle in time yet. Oh. So I have told you myself. You need to hurry up because I think it's going to fool around and be out of theaters. Yeah, I know. So I'm thinking I'm going to go um, probably like on Thursday to a matinee. Okay. To check it out. Okay. So that's what I'm going to go and sit. Definitely see it on the big screen. Well, yeah. I'm going to yeah. the matinee. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying what you mean, like to everyone. Generally, see it on the big screen. Oh, like wait. don't wait for it to come on video. Well, that may, that may mean you got to go see it this week. Well, yes, you know, because uh, I think The Rock comes out this week. Rampage. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're coming right up on it, and that looks like fun. Yeah, I'm sorry, it does look like dumb. It does fun. look like big dumb. Absolutely, it looks like big dumb. Did you fun. see? Did you see? I know we got to start. Did you see the trailer for Meg? That came out today. The Megalodon movie? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> this, from the trailer, this may replace Deep Blue Sea really? as my favorite dumb shark. <laughs> you know what it's about? You know what Meg's about? It's actually a series of science fiction, really trashy science fiction novels. Meg is short for Megalodon, right? Which that. is, his, as I'm sure all of my fellow nerds knows, was the prehistoric shark, right? And the premise is a megalodon has survived and somehow gets to the surface. That's the whole premise. So like it's Jason Stratum and it's just all of this really. Wait, whoa, whoa. Jason Statham? Statham, yeah. Jason Statham is in this movie? Yes. Jason Statham is in Meg. Look at the trailer. It's fantastic. The transporter is yes, is now versus versus a giant, a giant great white shark. And it's like this really, really dicey special effects. Like it looks off. It looks awesome. <laughs> it's a giant great white shark. <laughs> okay. Like I said, I don't know if it'll take the place of Deep Blue Sea, which is my absolute favorite stupid shark movie and one of my favorite stupid movies of all time. Like, Deep Blue Sea is a change your plans movie for me. See, what Deep Blue Sea, I didn't think, wait a minute. Deep Blue Sea is about the couple that gets, like, left behind. No, no, no. That's, um... Well, what's if that's not it? Then what's Deep Blue, Blue Sea? Deep Blue Sea is the joint with the smart sharks. 
Oh, with Sa- Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yes. yes, that is dumb. Yes. Samuel Jackson and LL. LL, that's yes. right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you're correct. Dumb movie. Yeah, the joint you're talking about is really good. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, I, I, just, like, I just forgot the name I of it. I think it's like Out to Sea or Out the Blue or something. I don't know. I don't know. Out to, yeah. I thought it was this Blue. I don't know. I thought Blue, Blue was, was in, in it. it, but yeah, they get left. They get left when they go scuba dive, which you know apparently is a thing. It is a thing. You know that's a thing. Yes, it is. Like they do the count wrong, and they leave people out there in that water. <laughs> Pro tips, folks: if you go snorkeling, stay with the guide. That's right. I know that coral is real pretty, and the fish are doing their thing. Stay with the guide, because people get left out there that's for right. real. And then it's like Jaws, where I think they cover it up. Yep. Because they don't want to mess with the tourism. Nope. What is the name of that movie? I see now. I gotta look. See now. You <laughs> it was right on the tip of my tongue because I actually really liked that movie. And here's the thing: I don't know how to look up. So all I can think of is to look up shark movies, which I know is not going to get me there. Especially since I don't think sharks are actually in that movie. No, because they're, they're no. They didn't about, get killed by sharks, aren't they? Open water. That's Open what water. No, it was sharks. I don't think it was the sharks that ended up oh, killing them, dude. Dude, it was open water. Open water. A 2003 American survivor horror film story concerns an American couple who go scuba diving while on vacation, only to find themselves stranded miles from shore in shark-infested waters. Okay, when the crew of their boat accidentally leaves them behind. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, all, you, all you see are the fins. Right, you right, don't right. See the sharks. Yeah, that's that's you actually see the fins. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good movie. That's a very good. That's movie. That's a good movie. That's why I was like, wait a minute, that's not dumb. But y- deep blue sea. Look, y'all go to the islands. They take you out there. Oh, you look at the core. You, you better stay with the dude. Because <laughs> the word that got to me was that you you know you know this happens more than they talk about. Do that count wrong. <laughs> Cause the problem is they did the buddy system, but the buddy, like it, they were a couple. Right. So my wife is my buddy, my husband is my buddy, and mm-hmm. then they swam out looking at the joint joint, and then they did the wrong count. That's right. I'd be real mad if that's how I died. And then you get back to shore and, and Robert Shaw is sitting there, hey, could this word I count 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's terrible. That's terrible. You gonna make me go home and watch Jaws? I've never seen Robert Shaw in any other movie. Was he in anything? Oh yes, he was. He's in two of the best movies of all time: Jaws and Lethal Weapon Two. No. Oh, Jaws and The Sting. Is he in The Sting? Oh, 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 and and. He's in From Russia with Love because he's the one who Sean Connery fights on the train. You're right. I didn't know he was in. That was that because that yeah, was his okay. big coming out. Then he did. Um, then he did the Sting, and he's great. I don't even in remember the Sting. Him in the sting. He's fantastic because he's the bad guy. In right, the sting. right, right. He's the bad guy in the Sting, and then in Jaws. I mean, like, forget about it. All I know is that a shark's eyes are like a doll's eyes. <laughs> like a doll's eyes. Uh, and then he start they start comparing sh- scars, right? And shark bites. And he said he was like thirty thousand of us went in the water, four of us got out. 
It wasn't 30,000, but it was a lot of people, and then not many people got out the water. He's singing some little. I said. Jaws is one of the best movies. Man. Like, that's t- that, that's if real. that's not on your top yeah, 20, yeah, Jaws, is, Jaws is a real thing. Your list is suspect. Yeah, Jaws is a real thing. Yes, it, it was the real thing. Trust me. Trust me. You know, the, don't look at the fashions because it's dated. Yeah. But, but the movie itself. Yeah, Jaws is good stuff. <sighs> oh, Jesus. Jaws is good stuff. Conversely, though, <laughs> we have to get to our review. Conversely, but let's go. Go ahead. Let's go. Play the trailer. Of iRobot. <laughs> we designed them to be trusted with our homes, with our way of life, with our world. But did we design them? to be trusted. The rollout of USR's new generation of robot, the NS5, was marred by the death of designer Alfred Lanning. Identify. Murder's a new trick for a robot. Respond. murder him! We're gonna miss the good old days. What good old days? When people were killed by other people. My robots don't kill people. That thing threw somebody out of a window. Is that registering with you? A robot cannot harm a human being. You trust them if you want to. We look to robots for protection. Imagine the loss of all that we've gained because of an irrational paranoia. Does thinking you're the last sane man on the face of the earth make you crazy? Because if it does, maybe I am. Maybe you can be looking in the shadows all the time. Inside, help me find out what is wrong with these robots. Dr. Lanning suggested robots might naturally evolve. I was hoping to see you again, Detective. Think of me as your friend. Why didn't you just hand the world over on a silver platter? Maybe we did. We are on the eve of the largest robotic distribution in history. There will be one robot to every five humans. How many robots have ever committed a crime? How many robots in the world? None. There is no conspiracy. What this is is one mistake. Oh, hell no. Somehow, I told you so, just doesn't quite say it. Get off my car! See, you remain suspicious of me, detective. You know what they say about old dogs? Not really. Gotcha. I, Robot, a 2004 American science fiction action film directed by Alex Proyas, with a screenplay by Jeff Vinter and Akiva Goldsman. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's, it's wearing his pedigree outlet. <laughs> This is a tough this is a tough crew right here. From <laughs> like before you even get let's, into let's it. at least get into this. It's Hold like, up. Ooh. Hold off. All right, Hold go off. Ahead. Go ahead. Um from a screen story by uh Jeff Venter, suggested by Isaac Asimov's short story collection of the same name. This film stars Will Smith, Bridget Moynihan, Bruce Greenwood, Chi McBride, Alex Alan Tudyk. And uh, James Cromwell. 
It was released in North America in 2004 with a budget of $120 million and grossed $144 million domestically um, and received, uh, let, let's say the reviews were a tad mixed mixed mix for this film in uh, 2035 the highly intelligent robots fill public service positions throughout the world operating under three rules that keep humans safe despite his dark history with the robotics detective Dell Spooner played by Will Smith investigates the alleged suicide of US robotic founder Alfred Lanning James Cromwell and believes that a human like robot named Sonny voiced by Alan Tudyk, murdered him. With the help of a robot expert played by Bridget Moynihan, Spooner discovers a conspiracy that may enslave the human race. In this film that was brought to us on Afrofuturism April by Vincent Williams, what say you of iRobot? You know, I always think of this as Will Smith's forgotten science fiction film. You know, I think when when people talk about Will Smith in science fiction and, and, you know, you start with Independence Day and and Bad Boys. And, of course, those are not Bad Boys. I'm sorry. Men in Black. You know, Independence Day, Men in Black. And those are the marquee Will Smith sci-fi sci-fi films. And and those are ones we always talk about. And then, you, you know, there's like a lot of passionate hatred. For the Wild Wild West, mm-hmm. which is the other end of the spectrum, I Am Legend has a lot of fans, and and when people talk about sort of intelligent science fiction, I Am Legend comes up more often than not, mm-hmm. and and I think Hancock closer to I Am Legend than not. Like like it's like I'm never surprised when people are fans of Hancock. Mm-hmm. Like you know you know what that Hancock is all right. Mm-hmm. But no one ever talks about iRobot. Right. Like, it just never, ever comes up. And, you know, I mentioned it last week. I think if people ever mentioned iRobot, they mention it as a footnote to The Matrix. Mm. You know, this is the film that I think Will Smith turned down The Matrix. That's right. Because he was making iRobot. And you can see why. You know, it's... it's. You can see why he turned... I can see why... People don't talk about oh, iRobot okay. either as a great film, obviously, mm-hmm. but also it's not one that, you know, there's sort of this really passionate hatred of. Yeah. You know, because the opposite of love is not hate. Right. The opposite of love is indifference. Exactly. And I think this is very much a sort of by the numbers science fiction film. The the. I think Will Smith is is charismatic in here. I, I, I you know I, I I actually like his performance in this film, and, it, and it's funny if you remember our conversation when we talked about After Earth the last mm-hmm. time we talked about Will Smith, and we said, oh well, maybe he should go to TV, and we we're trying to figure out. And it hit me looking at him playing Detective Spooner. Mm-hmm. I really like him as this sort of detective that you underestimate. Okay. Because he's kind of jokey, jokey, and and he's annoying, but you can see he's working the angles, and I think I want to see Will Smith in a revamp of Columbo. <laughs> like Will Smith as Columbo, as Columbo, suit. it's like you know this is a nice speed for him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, spent a lot of money on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think the first two acts, again, are okay. This is very much a by-the-numbers script. Mm -hmm. I think the third act completely falls apart. Yeah. And then it turns into a huge mess. Yeah. As black science fiction, Will Smith is is fully racialized as a black man. They have, and, and it's so funny, the, the first maybe five, ten minutes, they say that, that you know, originally Will Smith wasn't attached. And then when they attached him to this film, Akiva Gold, Goldman came in and did some rewrites. Right. And you can almost see the parts that he rewrote. Because in the first five minutes, they let you know that this main character is a black man. My very first note says it shows Will Smith's character waking up mm -hmm. and he's wearing a do-rag. Yeah. And I say, oh, do-rag surviving the future. Mm -hmm. Then he goes and he's listening to Stevie Wonder. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to his black grandmama's house. Mm -hmm. and Sweet potato pie. It's just sweet potato pie, which... I'm not really sure why he eats pie every morning. That's never really explained. And then he eats it really weird. <laughs> like he, he, he like eats it out the middle and like almost like he's never seen a pie before. Well, I mean, I think he's just eating the pie. He's, but you don't, you're not going to cut this. Okay, this part bothered me. The pie is for him. I, I mean, you don't eat slices? If the pie is for you, you don't have I mean, to eat I've slices. Never, I, I, but it's just weird. Like, you eat from the middle? See, I can't even be mad at that because I have bought a, a chocolate satin pie, which is basically a chocolate cream. And eating from the cream. middle like because that? Because I know the pie is for me. So you don't cut it in the slices? You just... Why? It's for me. I was going to say, I feel like that's something a serial killer would do, but now I'm a little concerned. Don't go in my basement. <laughs> um, the storyline about the robots, if on the one hand they come in and they go out of their way to make this character a black character, mm -hmm. I think the thing about robots and science fiction and certainly those old Isaac Asimov stories the irobot stories and you know there's another series that they pull from as well the caves of steel mm -hmm. which is about um a, a a human detective and a robot detective right and then they go and these are all like 50 60 science fiction stories but the robots were very much stand-ins mm -hmm. for black people like like you know a lot of these stories were about prejudice and yeah and allegories and they go out of their way to get that part out of it. Like, there's very, very little in this film that's about bigotry towards robots because they're robots. Right. You know, they you know they make sure that that Will Smith's character Spooner hates robots, but they give him a very specific reason. Yes. Which I thought was was a missed opportunity, frankly. Like, I think if you're going to make a film like this and it's about robots and now you have some, like, it, I, I just thought that would have been real, much more interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately this film is a dud or it falls flat because this is very much a pre-Matrix and pre-Minority Report science fiction film. Mm-hmm that comes out after those films. And, and I think, you, you know, I think, you know, after the matrix and, and we get into the early 21st century, I think there was a lot of really smart science fiction. Mm -hmm. And this film is not an example of that. So, yeah. Which is surprising because when you hear, read a lot of the reviews at the time, that's what they point out in the reviews 
uh, what have you believed that this was a extremely smart film. Just looking here at some of the some of the critical response. Richard Roper at at the time wrote that this was a slick, consistently entertaining thrill ride. Kim Newman from Empire said this this summer picture has a brain as well as muscles. Uh, the urban cinephile critics call this the meanest medias coolest most engaging and exciting science fiction movie in a long time i don't know what they were smoking because this movie came out in 2004 and like you said this is after the matrix after minority report um which even just breaking down like that last little line there the meanest medias coolest if that doesn't apply to those two films I don't know what it applies to. And to say that this is the most exciting science fiction movie in a long time, but I already report it was just 2002. It was just yeah, two years it was before. just two years previous. You know yeah. what I mean? And, uh, and Minority Report, I would, I, I would offer you that for that film in 2002, you could put that film out now and it still looks like new Look, and exciting I'm trying not in to, its depiction of the future. I'm trying not to get too deep into the science fiction, but I think that's, uh, I mean, Isaac Asimov versus Philip K. Dick. Well, true that. You know, which... I mean, but I'm just talking about in the look. In, right, in, right, in right. there, just you're the talking about up. Steven Spielberg. Right. You know, doing Minority Report. Well, then there's that. Well, yeah, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's that. Um, and then there's also, unfortunately, if it just, you know continuing along that that line of thought Tom Cruise in Minority Report versus Will Smith in uh, this film I, Robot. I like Will Smith's look in this film this is one of like the films that I like I look at Will Smith and like oh man you look cool Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. digging. I'm digging your style. Yeah. I'm digging absolutely. your swag in this film. Yet, for some reason, I don't feel as as jokey as he's trying to be. I don't feel he's being authentically Will Smith. For some reason, mm. when I was watching this movie, I was getting the whiff of a young Eddie Murphy. Mm. in this film um eddie you know maybe it's because his his swag was definitely there with will but then sometimes just a little bit too cool for the room and Mm -hmm. that's and that's kind of like the vibe that i was getting off of will and that's not will smith to me okay i mean um it's it's one of the it's one of the very few things that i dislike about the bad boy movies because bad boys will be in like this you know like this this uh uber black guy and i, I just it doesn't it never reads authentic to me mm-hmm. off of will and, and and there's a little bit of that in this and it doesn't read authentic to me as well and it's not help in like like you said the story is very by the numbers yeah it's extremely by the numbers in this um and this mystery that is trying to pan out, uh, there's they hope for like they have like a big twist, but you see it coming a mile away. Yeah, and it doesn't do it. It uh, it's a movie that when you read about it was originally basically 
a um a movie that took place in all in one scene. You know, yeah, yeah. It, 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 as originally written, basically like a one act play that was then expanded on a to, closed to, door mystery, right? Yeah, and it was expanded to match its budget, mm-hmm. and and the expansion of it just made this thing blow up into just utter nonsense. And to be honest, like a little boring nonsense to me. I, I found myself really low, like fighting to stay awake a couple of times watching this film. And I hadn't seen this film since it first came out. Right. So, you know, I was ready to be reinvested in the film. Mm-hmm. But um, it really just hit me as very, just very dry and slow and ponderous. And um, I did not, it, it is kind of cool as some of the special effects are this the effects of the robot the lead robot sunny it just just did not work for me with this kind of like face yeah you know, human humanoid face that he had it just was not working for me it just did not look imaginative at all it looked really really weird well actually well you know i think my problem with it is that it wasn't the film well here you go my problem is it's not the film i wanted <laughs> Yeah, but but I think again, this image of the robot, and they sort of you know they they almost tease you with it, mm-hmm. like like I, I think part of the reason that I said that this is a pre Minority Report movie that came out after Minority Report is that there is a thoughtfulness to the world building in Minority Report. Yes, that kind of really kind of raised the stakes. When people create these science fiction worlds in, you, you know, the, these future science fiction worlds. Right. And, you, you, you know, there, there are these shots in the film where they show how these robots have become incorporated into our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and there's like a line or two where, where you, you know, the, the CEO of the robot company says to Will Smith, oh, did a robot take your father's job? Yeah, and and you know there there are these sort of quick allusions to maybe people don't hate you know people or Will Smith hates the robots because they're different, mm-hmm. and all of that is is ripe for exploration and and you it see is. it in lots of things and and I'm saying post Minority Report, but you think about the film that did it the best. I mean Blade Runner is like 30 years before this just talking about the exploration of these ideas i don't think it's a coincidence again minority report blade runner to a certain degree straight line to philip k dick the great science fiction writer yeah and isaac asimov as much as i like him you know those old 40s 50s you know from that pulp tradition Mm -hmm. it doesn't age well no it doesn't it doesn't age well so just kind of the bones of this thing are creaky. Yeah. From the from the from the outset. And then you have this script, you have this plot like like it real like he is actually an out of control lone wolf detective mm-hmm. that has to quit the force. Yeah. Chi McBride actually plays angry black sergeant. He does. And it's like this is from 2004. Like it's it's <laughs> It's you know I joke about Lethal Weapon too because in my mind like that is the purest example 
of the 80s cliche movie. Right. Like, once you get past the first lethal weapon. Right. But this is 2004. And you have this. In a movie that's set in 2035. In a movie that's set in 2035. And if you're talking about an economy where these robots are such a part of our lives, there needs to be a level of thoughtfulness to it. Yeah. If you just want to make this action movie, then you you know you can't and and I think you mentioned it this also originally was not attached to the iRobot stories. Right. That came afterwards which you know is oh, there's this piecemeal nature to it. Yeah. And that, and I think it's almost like you know they attached itself to the the iRobot stories just as a way of IP to attach it to yeah. so that it you know stands in like oh I know that name. Right. You know right. what I mean? So that they could say that it was, you know, put Isaac Asimov on there. That's the name that I know. Right. And, I, you know, I, you know, people respect it. Yeah. And, uh, and, but, but like you just said, um, even in the early 2000s, when people were exploring and really getting back into science fiction. Yeah. There was a little bit, there was a little bit of a, um, you know, a uh, uh, critical eye turned to Isaac Asimov and some of the writers of his ilk from that time. Um, one, because, like you said, the creakiness of their stories. And two, um, because of the creakiness of their convictions as well. Right. And, and that old guard sometimes acted as gatekeepers of the world of science fiction, keeping out the thoughts and ideas and thus the works of other people of note for quite some time. So there was a, there was really, um, there was some people who were beginning to not really, it was kind of like their names were being like tarnished a little bit. Right. Whereas somebody like Philip K. Dick has always just been heralded as this very thoughtful and um, interesting and intriguing and progressive dramatist in all of his work. So I think you had all all of that fighting against it. But all of that fighting against it just comes together to a movie that is just really not worth his time. And I would contend... That as much as you say that Akiva Goldsmith go out goes out of his way to point out that this is a black man in this role, right? Th- that little bit notwithstanding, this could have easily been anybody else. Like this is, doesn't stand out to me as a black film. You know, this is a film that Will Smith is the lead in. Like th- there are very few Will Smith films that, in my head, I would say are black films and then i would contend that irobot is not one of them i think that's fair i think that's fair i don't i don't know how I, I mean i mean the facts bear that out again this film was in development for how long right before will smith was attached and i mean and even in the film itself shia um shia labeouf plays a young oh, yeah, a, a young street kid but you can very much tell that his character was supposed to be black mm-hmm but then when Will Smith got attached, and they, okay, said, oh, that. they said, okay, well, we got Will Smith and his grandmother. I guess she got to be black. And we have angry black uh, sergeant because he's got to be black. Well, that's just too many damn black people. Yeah. That street tough has to be white. 
That's right. So you can see they flipped it. And and I can't push back against that with so much. You know, I go back to to just the old Yahura argument, just black people in the future. Mm. I still think it's kind of radical. I mean, he's listening to Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin. So I give him a C on black pop culture surviving because like Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin are people that like white baby boomers like. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you don't even right. like if he was listening to Fishbone. Yeah. Or like a tribe called Quest. That's that with yeah. Right. It's like you know I'm let me turn on my classical music that I like and you know can I kick it came on then I'd have said ah and there's this sort of momentary kind of depiction of sneaker culture. Oh, like the he has some, converses. the leather converse. But again, if they were Jordans. Then I could have said, oh, okay. I like them being leather converses. Because at the time, leather converses weren't as prevalent. Prevalent. Yeah, but were they black? Yeah. Okay. I, I, don't, I didn't know anybody wearing leather. They, they, they weren't prevalent. I mean, I'm the emperor of black people, but you know. But, but I like the sort of just blackness in the future. But you're right. I don't think it's necessarily a, especially again, all the race stuff. That's sitting right there and it's not with even, robots. Yeah, you're not touching. You just scrub that. So yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I can't argue with it, but so much. And I think you're right. I think Will Smith's filmography—that just the way he has conducted his career—you can say that about a lot of his stuff. Yeah, I mean, and that's not a criticism. It's not. It's just an observation. But when you think about it, Bad Boys, Bad Boys Two, right? Um. You got anything else? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have anything else. I want to say maybe I am legend only because there's so few characters in that. So maybe you get away with saying that's a, a, a black film. I actually have a really, really nerdy, deep, cutty critique of I am legend as a black film. Him as sort of the everyman, but that's another film. That's another. That's another. That's another episode. Yeah, you're right. You know, I'm 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 flipping through and seeing what what science fiction films were around. Okay. When iRobot came out. So, you know, iRobot came out in 2004. And you know, I'm just sort of looking and, and you know, just sort of on um Wikipedia and I looked up science fiction films and in 2000 and you know, 2006, two years later, you get Children of Men. Wow. Which I think is, you know, one of the best science fiction films ever. You have, um, you know, we talked about Minority Report, Minority Report which is a couple of years before that. You have um, 28 Weeks Later is 2007. Mm. So, you know, there's very much, again, this sort of... Um, Oh, and I Am Legends 2007 too. The Invasion is 2007, which is it's that you know the one of the newer um, incarnations of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers oh, story. Yeah. But it was really, really smart. I don't know if you saw the Invasion, but it was really, really smart. So that again, the problem with Will Smith is that when Will Smith makes a movie, it is a high sort of. Um, it's a big ticket thing. It's a big ticket. It's highly publicized. Big budget summer movie. Big budget. You know, so like he can't really make. The small film. A small film. And he can't make a film 
that is just sort of a dud, you know, without Pursuit people of happiness. looking at Would that be a black film? Yes, just because it's a biography. Yeah. Oh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is the same year as this. That's one of my favorite movies. Like, you can't put out iRobot two years after Minority Report in the same year as Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Spotless Mind. Which is... Without people saying, what the hell are you doing? It it just... and, And think about it. There's a lot of visual effects in in Eternal Sunshine, but they're 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 it's it's editing effects mm-hmm. in that film because it's, it's not you know big creature things or anything like that. It's a very thoughtful, personable, and personal and small and intellectual um, science fiction film. But just think of how much energy is in that film. Yeah. It's, it's as touching as it is. Just think of how much energy is in that film and also think of you know how amazing Jim Carrey is in that film if you ever doubted him as an actor Mm -hmm. you watch that movie and he puts it all on the table oh yeah that movie is um, uh, unforgettable and again we are in this moment where people are using the tools of science fiction to do really, really interesting work. Yeah. And you and in just those three films that we mentioned, yeah. you have the th- three of the biggest stars at that time. Tom Cruise, Will Smith, Jim Carrey. And look at what Will Smith is doing. Making some, some questionable choices. I mean, maybe you don't know that Matrix is going to be what it is. Right, right. I, you know I completely mean? understand turning down the Matrix. I can understand like, turning like, down the Matrix. Like, I don't need somebody sort you know of explain mean? this thing. Because right. let, let's be real. Will Smith wasn't the only person who turned down the Matrix. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, Keanu Reeves was not a, um, a marquee star. No. When the Matrix came out. And as good as he is in the Matrix, let's not, you know, rewrite history and say that he made exactly. the Matrix. Exactly. It was all everything around it was everything him around. I mean, it's very much Matrix, a, a what concept film. Right. So. You know, however, you know, you do have to say, you know, like one, taking on this film that had been languaging for some time. Mm-hmm. And then two, you know, you know, Riding in with Akiva Goldsmith as Goldsman as your as your personal screenwriter to Jeez. punch up your script. Oof. I mean, uh, bruh. Yeah. You know, even then, Akiva, it was. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't mind. Like to me myself, if I see Akiva as a producer, I don't mind it because Akiva knows a whole lot of people. He's got connects. Right. God right. Bless him. I don't need. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't. I don't want his pen. Don't need him. Yeah. I don't need your pen, Akiva. No. Yeah. No, I just. I just need your Rolodex. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I robot. Yeah. Yeah. And I. I have to say, like you said, that this is a film that gets slept on. You know, by a lot of people when you're thinking about Will Smith or thinking about science fiction films out there, keep sleeping. Yeah. Do not waste your time. It's it's not. And let's be clear, it's not a car wreck. No, it's not. Like which in, in my mind, it would be more interesting if it was a car wreck. Yeah, it's. It, it, but that's the thing. Yeah. It's it's not that either. It's just there. It just let it go. It's sort of by the numbers. You, you know. You you know the other thing. Just to continue, like you can almost see 
the deal makers mm-hmm. that sort of sat down at a table mm-hmm. and put it together. There's another word for it. It's very soulless. It is. Like, it really does feel like product. Right. All the way down to, you know, and not to give her a pass either, Bridget Moynihan is just wallpaper in this movie. Yeah, well, nobody, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen her in a couple of episodes of Blue Blood, and she wasn't bad. Right. No, no, no. I mean, everybody in this film is wallpaper. Yeah. Except for Will Smith, who's, you know, patented Will Smith. Uh, okay. I thought he was, like I said, I thought he was maybe not being authentic in this film. Right, either. right, right. So I wasn't, I wasn't digging it. You know, it's a moment where he and Chi McBride have a drink together, and Chi McBride calls him brother. I said, oh, that's some black stuff. That's kind of cool. I, I, I have to say, I like Chi McBride in this film. I mean, I mean, what he did, I don't yeah, know. You know, yeah. I like Chi McBride, but I've seen him in better stuff. True that. So very true. I just saw him in something. Real, uh, where? Because I actually it's wrote, an old movie. I actually wrote my notes. Where's Chi McBride? No, this is an old movie. Oh, okay. That I saw him in. Um, he was in. Um, what did I just watch? Oh God, this is a dumb movie. Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> Boy, talk about soulless product. Oh God, that was a dumb movie, man. You know, I, I it must have been it was dumb it was dumb movie um, Monday for me. Okay, because I watched Gone in sixty seconds. Okay, and then I watched The Fate of the Furious. Hey, hey, what? Ain't gonna be too much bad talking about the Fast and the Furious film series. Oh, Vince. Oh, Vince, nothing. The Fate of the Furious is one of the dumbest movies of the last 10 years. Now, in my defense, I haven't quite seen it yet, (laughs) but I am a fan of the Fast and Furious movies. Vince, they are driving over a frozen ocean. Yes, and then the submarine comes up. What's the problem? They're driving... On a frozen ocean. Which you have Vince. to understand. A tank. What you have to understand about Dom and his family is that they all have superpowers. Like you just think about it like they all have superpowers at this point. Or this is my other read of the Fast and Furious. So like you remember the last episode, uh, like 40 year old spoiler. Remember like the last episode of St. Elsewhere where come to find out that the, that the, the guy had been imagining the whole thing? Yes, young boy. See, you did it. Young boy. Young bull. I said young boy. Okay. The Fast and the Furious Mm -hmm. is a little boy playing with his cars. Is that what it is? That's what it is. Is that what it is, really? Like, the last shot of the Fast and the Furious is going to be Dom talking about we're family. And then he's going to look up in the air, and it's going to be a a little boy, hopefully. Like, maybe, like, does Vin Diesel have any kids? Like, it'll be a little boy that, like, maybe looks like Vin Diesel is a little boy. And he's playing with cars. Or, or, or they're all going to be in a can. Uh, 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 you find out that they were dropped in there as to be donated to the um, to kids for Christmas. Yes. Like in that very famous Twilight Zone episode. Right, 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 right. And then that'll be the end. That'll be funny. So. That'll be funny. So don't you talk bad about the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Please. You're lucky they're not black films. <laughs> Guys, piece yeah, of crap. I'm not really gonna push the Fast and Furious. Piece of, oh my God, it's a piece of crap. Who's the singer in there? Tyrese. Yes, he literally, <laughs> Vince, 
No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Okay. Because I haven't seen it yet. Picks up a car door. Yes. With people speeding at him, shooting at him. Yes. He picks up a car door and holds it so that he can block the bullets and then bashes the guy on the motorcycle with, with the car door. See, everything you're describing sounds awesome. <laughs> Are you trying to make the movie sound more awesome than it is? So anyway, <laughs> it was better than iRobot. Yeah. More entertaining. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It was so dumb that it was entertaining. Lynn, I will stop what I'm doing if Deep Blue Sea comes on. I won't. (laughs) I can't watch it. I can't watch it. All right, we got to get out of here. Yes. (laughs) There's there's no reason why this show is this long. (laughs) Absolutely no reason why the review of iRobot should have gone for two hours. It makes absolutely no sense. It's not two hours. It's we're at what? What one twenty? We're at hour twenty. All right. We started it at fifty minutes in. All right. So I guess the review actually lasted long. So now, well, there you go. Okay. All right. So, um, um, oh, next week. That's right. It's your turn to pick a science fiction film. Yes, and you told me the movie to select, and I forgot it. The girl. Oh, the girl with all the gifts. Yes, the girl with all the gifts. Oh. That's the film that we will be watching next week. I am very much looking forward to this. So am I. Because I haven't seen it. Me neither. But, but I hear it's amazing. I never heard of it, so I'm I'm very interested in it. Yeah, seeing. yeah, and then I got some for your ass the week after that. <laughs> like, I slipped in this iRobot because I'm about to get you. I'm about to get you. Lord, I don't. It really is not that deep, Vince, but okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, just a little programming note, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, thank you to everybody that came out to Amalgam Comics this past Saturday. Yes. Where the Michelle Mission screened at noon The Wiz to a packed house of kids. They really enjoyed yeah. it. They sat in rapt attention watching uh, Diana Ross and Michael Jackson in The Wiz. That was really fun. And then we had a nice audience come out to sit and enjoy Harlem Nights with us as well. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Vince and I, we actually reviewed Harlem Nights, and we were going to release that this week, but we have decided to hold that off and to release that review our first week in May. That way we can uh, give ourselves a little bit of a break coming out of our Afrofuturism uh, block of shows and uh, give us, you know, but still give you fresh content. That's right. So we'll be taking a week off that first week week of May, but you'll still have a new show because that's when you'll hear our review of Harlem Nights. All right. So there's a little programming note to people that were maybe expecting both shows dropping this this week. Okie dokie. Um as always you can check us out on the show mission dot com as well as on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, and any place and every place a good podcast be, including the Podglomerate Podcast Network. All right. Woo-hoo! Yeah, they got good stuff. Check out the feast 
on Podglomerate. It's really dope. Go to podglomerate.com for all your great curated podcast needs. And email us at mishowmission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at mishowmission. And check out our show every Saturday at 1 p.m. in a very truncated version. Um... At Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WPPMLP, People Power Media, Philly Cam Radio in Philly and Camden. We got to get out of here. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.